0: Hey, followers, this is your boy, Movie Maker Doug 55. Today I have Angela Savage and her business partner, Ted, as well as my coach and mentor, Andy McPhee, with us. Angela and Ted have an incredible story to tell, and we're going to let them do that.
1: Welcome, guys.
2: All right, Doug.
1: Thank you. Hi there, Ted. Hi, Angela. Hi, Hi there.
2: Good to see you, Andy. Good see you.
1: Yeah. I hope. I wish you guys were sitting in a big, you know, two thousand horsepower crazy machine, but are you or not? No. <laughs> yeah.
2: Nope, not this time. But there's some. There's some all around us here. That's for sure.
1: Well, I tell you what. Next interview, it's going to be in the car, and whoever's going to drive, drive, and then we'll talk to the passenger. That'll be cool.
2: <laughs> That'd be really cool.
1: <laughs> hey, Dougie. So you lead into it, mate. This is your your world, your passion of car racing, so uh, take it away.
0: Yeah, it's a pleasure to have you guys on the show today, and I really appreciate you guys making the time for this. This is great.
2: Sure, this is fun. Thank
0: you. No problem. And I love your
2: background. I love your Indianapolis Motor Speedway background, especially because that's where we are right now.
0: Oh, wow, that's awesome. I can see you guys over there.
2: Isn't that
1: awesome?
2: We're we're here at the mound today because they're testing some new wings, I think.
1: Oh, wow. That's awesome.
2: Yeah, Yeah, really cool.
1: That's
0: great. So I must ask you, Angela and Ted, uh, what are you guys doing these days?
2: Want to start?
3: Sure. Well, uh, it's taken us a long time to get here. I originally learned about Angela when I was 11 years old. When I was listening to the 1973 Indianapolis 500 in my sixth grade classroom, Uh, the race was run on a Wednesday that year because it had already been delayed uh, two days by rain. Um, So they ran the race on a Wednesday and her father, Swede Savage, was my racing hero. So uh, that's how we got started. Where we are today is we're uh, business associates at my business called Miles Ahead. We do driving events all over the country, uh, raising money for nonprofit foundations. We set up uh, little autocross competitions in parking lots. We go around the country doing these fun little events. So instead of having a golf outing you raise money, you race minis instead. So that's what we're doing. Oh, that's now. awesome! But I originally learned about Angela before she was even born, uh, and now forty-some years later, here we are together. You know, working. How cool! Together. What a great
1: uh, meeting! Like life is so unexpected, right? Very. It honest.
2: really is. It really wow. is. That's why you can never give up because tomorrow brings such amazing things.
1: Oh, yeah. So true. So true. And that's awesome what you guys are doing. It really is. Um, Doug, uh, okay. Back to you, mate.
0: Yeah, that's great what you guys are doing. But I must ask you, from what I've read about you, it didn't start out that way. Uh, what, what, what happened that turned your world upside down?
2: Well, let's just say my world was shattered, rocked, rolled uh, before I even got here, before I was even born. Uh, my dad was the last uh, fatal crash during the Indy 500 in 1973. Uh, he didn't die here at the track, He, but he uh, died 33 days later from his injuries. Um, and my mom at the time was six months pregnant with me she was here watching it was a bad crash fire and rain and um, like i said she was six months pregnant with me so i was here but i was in the womb and so what they've learned now this is really big medical important stuff right now is they've learned that children um who are in the womb during the third trimester, if the mother suffers a very traumatic event that the post-traumatic stress disorder also goes to the baby. Wow. So he gets PTSD, but the baby sucks it all up too. So I was literally born with a broken heart. I, I was born with PTSD and they, they didn't know that. This is back in the 70s, 73. They didn't know that. And so they just started studying posthumous children, which is what we are, um, after the 9-11 attack. Um, and a lot of the fallen heroes had wives who were pregnant. Well, when these babies were born, they, they were noticing that some of them had some of the same uh, mental struggles and spiritual struggles, you know as the other ones. So they started studying these children, these posthumous children. And, and so it wasn't until 9-11 that they really understood that if a pregnant woman experienced something very traumatic that the baby also gets the, the postpartum stress disorder. So wow. I came out of the womb already shattered, to be honest. Wow. You know, I um, I was very quiet, very depressed, very, shy uh when i was younger and i struggled a lot with depression um i i ran straight to drugs and alcohol to try and self-medicate myself by Mm. the time i was a teenager and so i went hardcore down that road because you know like my dad you know we're savages right the throttle was like the throttle was stuck (laughs) so i literally went down the wrong path and i was a mess. I was addicted and afflicted and depressed. And uh, things settled down a little bit after I had my firstborn son, Chance Savage. And um, I got back into my faith a lot and started studying scriptures a lot more. And then in 2014, People on Facebook started to ask me, you know, your last name is Savage. Are you any relation to the famous race car driver, Swede Savage? And I'm like, well, oh, yeah, that's my dad, actually. What? You know, and they couldn't believe it because it was 40 yeah. years ago. You know, and right. nobody heard anything about it really after the accident because was right. that was the 70s. But um, people realized who I was and they started asking me, well, have you ever been back to the track? You, you want to come back to the track? And at first I was like, heck no. Why would I want to do that? That place ruined my life. It shattered my life. And and then, uh, you know, they kept sort of badgering me about it because some of my friends are p- pretty badgery, thank God. <laughs> 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 and, you know, finally it just kind of hit me. You know, I got, it was like a slap from the Holy Spirit. You know, this is your chance to go and face your biggest fear, to go and stand. You know, I stood in the exact spot, you know, I faced my wow. trap. And, um, at that moment, you know, it's like all these spells started coming off me, all these layers, like an onion, I began to heal and, you know, just, I've been peeling off layer after layer since 2014 and, um, I made a, made a huge comeback. I'm, I'm functioning, functioning really highly right now. I have a great job with, yeah. Ted. um, I even get to work with my family, my kids, And my husband come on the road with us. And so we all do it together like a family.
1: Oh, that's awesome. It's,
2: it's, it is awesome.
1: Are you, are you, um, just let me say too, and I'm sure Doug's got something to say as well. Um, but it's what a just incredible story. And, you know, the, the thing that really strikes me out of that, um, that whole story is that you've, um. Uh, how do I say this, Um, you've uh, brought your dad back to life. That's all I can think about, you know, rather than him being what's happened. You've actually lifted him up again. He would be wherever he is going, oh, wow. Wow, I'm back on the track. You're there doing all this for people and just so cool. Really incredible story.
2: Thank you. Thank you so much for saying that. And I can't tell you how much that means to me because it was such a tragic awful awful nightmarish story and i believe that you're right i mean not by you know glory god gets the glory but you know it's almost like i got to come back and sort of um fix up the ending because i realized you know i had chronic loneliness this hole this hole inside me and i couldn't fill it up no matter food drugs alcohol anything i couldn't fill up this hole And, uh, you know, that's all changing now. And my whole life, I was really lonely because I just figured no one would ever understand the kind of pain I'm in. But But we were in California, you know. So when I got back to Indiana and I met thousands and thousands of people who, broke down in tears when they saw me and hugged me and said, I can't believe you made it back here. And they never forgot. And then I realized that I wasn't alone. I had a lot of people whose heart got shattered that same moment as mine. And so through the support and love of the IndyCar family, um, it sort of uh, put a plug in my empty hole, you know, in my bucket. And so now uh, I'm filled up with love, ever filled with the Holy Spirit, living the life I think that God had planned for me with my father. Like I never knew how to be Sweet Savage's daughter. yeah. And now I feel like I'm doing that.
1: That's amazing. And you know what's really good out of that too is as much as like there's a lot of negative stuff in the world and I'm not just talking about covid it's been around for as long as we've been on the planet but you know what there is sure, negative but- stuff and but you know what it doesn't it gets so far outweighed by the positive things even during covid as much as it's like it's it, it it's been hard for the whole planet people have lost lives and where I'm from I live in uh, Los Angeles but where I'm from in Melbourne They've only just opened up now, like two days ago, they're free. They've been locked up for over two and a half months, only allowed out one hour a day. But, you know, there's a lot of breakthroughs have happened in COVID. People have got closer with families, got closer with themselves. And what you've just created is you just, what you share now in the story is that you never lose hope in people. Because look you at know, the people, people that pay. just came out for you. Like, that's just so, would have been such an incredible day to go, wow, these people have not forgot my dad.
2: Well, it, it's been this ongoing dream. It wasn't just one day experience. I I it yeah. It, yeah. Um, it's since I got back, and every day since I got back here has been like a miracle, really. And it, it feels like the dream hasn't ended yet. Yeah, like yeah. Like, somehow, I'm in, I've, I found the the sweet spot in life and it's like a dream and wow, it, be, cool. it can only be because of you know my faith that kept me alive I you know I had to mm. hold on really strong to that but I was really yeah. hard on myself I really should be dead so many times and then yeah. you know, I, I, I realized well if, if you don't want me there then you want me here there's something I should be doing then let's do it and this year you know uh, COVID is the worst thing, yeah, but speaking about mental illness, people yes. that were already depressed, people that already had PTSD, uh, people who already were struggling really hard to stay on some kind of wagon, some kind yes. of um, routine that keeps you sober, you yeah,
1: know, yes, people are yes. falling
2: off the wagon left and right, they're ODing. On accident, you know, because that's what happens when you're clean for a while, you OD, because, yeah, yeah. About, you know, just because. And, you know, suicides, and, you know, people are depressed. We've been locked yeah. inside all year long. We can't work. We can't see each other. We can't hug and kiss. I know. Oh, we, you know, so now is such a good time, I think, to talk about mental wellness, especially in this year. You know, oh. but the, way, the way that I like to see it, is um, it's like God hit the reset button, boom, and just flipped the whole world upside down. All kinds of yeah. things that we could never have imagined yeah.
1: would happen. And look, you know, the, well, the story you're just sharing there, um, on the relentless and unstoppable series, uh, and Doug, Doug himself, he does all the we we, you know, got him to do all the advertising, like his expansion of his journey of autism and high functioning and bullying, like the kid's going to be a star in another 12, 18 months, two years, he's going to be known around the world. Like already this series is affecting so many people and the, the suicide and mental health awareness uh, series we did um, already. I've got people contacting me and saying, Hey, I'm so glad you did this series. And, And I've got a woman sharing with me like, she nearly lost her son who I coached in acting for many years. And he's now like he's come out of that. But she said, you just like, I've invited her on the show. I said, if he would love to come on and share his story, not of what he did, but just what the after effects were and where he's at now, these are the stories that get out to the world, like your story. And that's going to help somebody else. um, Well, that's what I'm trying to do.
2: I'm really trying to earn my oxygen, so to speak. Yeah. You know, i blessed, my cup runneth over, and I want to spill that on other people who are struggling, because I know what that's like. And yeah. nobody understands somebody, um, like, if they've already been through it. You know, oh, yeah. 100%, 100%. drug addict understands a drug addict, autism, you know, the people that have the same things understand it. It's just been it's such a, a tough year. I, I personally, you know, there's been, in the last couple weeks, two ODs in my immediate circle, young, beautiful girls. Oh, wow. uh, one attempted suicide. Another beautiful girl hurt his neighbor's daughter. Oh, that's so sad. And it just, it seems like it's everywhere. It's so close to home. And you never know what people, what they have behind their masks that they put up. And you gotta yeah. be, you gotta tune in. You yeah. gotta Be quiet and tune into other people. See where they're at, and just see if they need a little bit of love. Just even to just get them through today.
1: Yeah, and And you know what? Uh,
2: How far that can go.
1: Well, I'm gonna say you're so right. There's a, and I'll hand it over to you, Doug, when I finish this. There's a big uh, program in Australia. Like I'm, uh, I, I'm involved with Landmark. I did the forum. I'm an introduction leader there, and there's so many amazing people come out of landmark who create amazing non-profits around the world right and in australia um, we have a huge organisation called are you okay and we have once a year are you okay day and that was started by a young guy or i can't i shouldn't say it because i don't know exactly i know it was some people out who did the forum in landmark then they came out and decided to do something. Obviously, something happened in their world with mental health and suicide. So they created Are You Okay Day. It is the biggest, biggest non-profit in Australia. And what they've learned is not go up to people and go, "So how's things going?" Because they'll just go, "Yeah, good." But it's right. when you actually go up, they've worked out, like scientifically, that you go up to someone and say, "Are you okay?" Yeah, Most of the time, people will go, "Oh well." you know,
2: Honestly, yeah. it's
1: a different, like, it's a different answer rather than saying, so how are you doing? Everything good. Right. You know, they just process it differently, but just simply going, are you okay? It's yeah. more straightforward and blunt, you know, um, yeah.
0: and just to right. add to that, just to add to that, a few years back when I was in a rough spot in my personal life, I had messaged some people that I, that, that I, that They were like people that I used to go to school with. And I asked them for, you know, advice on, you know, what I was going through with struggling. And they didn't respond at the time due to circumstances. But ever since then, I said in a recent mental health statement that I wrote for my LinkedIn, the fact is you don't need to be a professor when giving advice. Sometimes all you need is to give people nice words. You never know if that's what they need.
2: All you need is a heart.
0: That too. Yeah. And your story is absolutely incredible. No Mm -hmm. other way to put it. Like I almost was in tears when you got rather emotional almost. Oh
2: yeah. You know, I wear my heart on my sleeve Mm -hmm. and um, that's part of something that I deal with every day. I I, uh, I cry a lot, um, too much, like so, so things will trigger me, even a certain note sometimes, mm. um, music note or the first note of a song and I'm falling out, you know, yeah. and, and so, so much so that um, it sometimes makes me want to isolate myself at home because I, I feel vulnerable, like if I, something triggers me, I start crying, and then people are like, what happened, what, you know, and you don't want, I don't know how to explain it, I don't want to explain it, so a lot of times, um, just, just so you know, Doug, that, go ahead and let the tears roll whenever you can, it's good for you, it's like, yeah. that's how we, that's how we balance ourselves out, that's what they're for, you know, you like, yeah. like a teapot. you know, when it gets too much steam, you gotta let the little steam out, tears do that too, and it, And it helps
0: you wash away some of the angst. Yeah, that happened to me me in 2016. In 2016, Mm -hmm. I had a little bit of a loss that I spoke about in my book. Mm -hmm. And one evening, I just, I had a little bit of an altercation with someone in my family. And in the aftermath of it, I just let it all out and I cried my eyes out
2: it was probably the most healthy moment in your life. It might not have felt like it at the moment, but all of that stuff, you got to get it out. Otherwise yeah. it can inside you.
0: Yeah. yeah when it happened, yeah. When, when it happened, I felt a little bit better afterwards. Yeah. Hey,
1: Doug, so um, I'll leave it. You, you take over, man. You ask some questions. I'm sure I got a little bit, I got like you, I got so involved. I couldn't leave the conversation with what Angela was sharing, you know, Um, it was awesome. But Doug, I'm sure you've got questions, mate.